That's what we are going to talk about. Today's Lunch and Learn with Refine and Focus is going to talk about innovation and food. We love food. There's a lot to talk about here. Um, and I, I think that there's a, there's a lot that we will bring to the discussion um, in addition to being foodies. So foodies meaning we will travel to eat We'll like to find the best markets and restaurants and grandmothers making great pasta and the perfect tomato and all these things because for us, it's uh, it's a passion. It's something that we really care about. Um, but when we travel for food and when we think about food, we also like to learn about how these different cuisines are made and how, um, you know, in, whether in, in, you're in Spain and there's a, a fusion of different cultures or in Latin America, India, what have you. It's really at the fusion at the point where these different cultures and culinary traditions intersect that there's a lot of uh, value and deliciousness to be found. And of course, you don't just intersect um, cultures and cuisines randomly. Um, maybe, maybe it happens randomly, but it's the experimentation of the flavors and the spices. It's the experimentation. It's the innovator's mindset that creates these really great flavors and really great dishes to try. And so we've seen in our professional life a parallel between the mindset that great chefs use to create new dishes that never were before by combining new flavors and ideas and what great business professionals and marketers and innovators do to develop new business models and new value propositions and new ways to go to market. So uh, in addition to all that, um, I'm sitting with a... Uh, accomplished amateur chef who has a very successful Instagram account, one global chef and a following uh, therein. And she, po she posts these great dishes that she's come up with. And many of the dishes fuse different flavors and traditions and rituals. And of course, as you know, um, we both are, and, and she especially is uh, an, an innovator who brings forth an innovative mindset into everything that we work on. So we wanted to look at food and to use food as a way to get into the conversation of innovation and to introduce you to this notion of the things that you encounter every day can really uh, help you find new ways of doing things that can benefit not just your stomach, but your uh, clients, your business, yourself. And that's what we want to talk about. Thank you for that brief introduction. And if you have just joined, feel free to say hi to us in comments because we can't see you. We just see ourselves. We can't really see you. So if you have just joined, please say hi in comments. And if you have any questions related to innovation or food or anything in between that we are going to talk about, please let us know. I want to first start by giving you a little tour of Purnima's account, uh, One Global Chef, and uh, highlighting a few points. And then we'll ask some questions to the chef herself, who's also the innovator. Could you take us to? And also the tech support for this podcast or life or whatever you call it. We don't want to start with the end also's. <laughs> That'll we'll be here all day with end also. So we are either going to share a screen with you in, in a minute or so, or I'll just talk over it and we won't share the screen. But um, either way, we'll give it a go. And I hope you're having a great 
Wednesday. We're in the middle and uh, we could weekend in sight. So I hope it's that everyone shared. can see. These are the dishes that um, yeah. that uh, Parnella has created. Obviously, there's a lot of people following this account. And you'll notice that the dishes are a combination of East and West. So this is, you know, whether it's uh, Eggs Benedict or traditional Indian food or borscht or homemade lemon pickle or pancakes. I mean, this is a this is uh, innovative in terms of its culinary span and variety. And I wanted to help anchor us into a conversation about, you know, these are the kinds of dishes that we're talking about. And this is the kind of innovative mindset that produced them. So now we'll go over uh, and uh, and start asking some questions about them. Now, we always want to hear from you. So if you have any questions or even if you just want to say hi to us, just go ahead and say hi and ask questions as you go. And we'll make sure to call on you. So the first question I have for P is what can cooking teach us about innovation? That is such a cool question. So much, so much, so much. There are so many parallels between cooking and innovation. Cooking needs, you need planning for cooking, just like innovation with some flexibility. It can't be rigid planning. You need to have alternatives ready. It's cooking is also test and learn, a lot of it. There's a lot of continuous learning. It has a lot of collaboration and delegation. And most importantly, cooking has customer feedback. Customer feedback. And uh, based on customer feedback, again, you keep on improving. And uh, most importantly, I think both of them have in common as I enjoy. I enjoy innovation and cooking almost equally. Cooking slightly more because in that I can eat my innovation and it has really tangible effect on my tangible and immediate effect on my tummy and satisfaction. When you talk about innovation, you sometimes you overwhelm people. They don't know what you're talking about. They don't know where to start. But when you start talking about cooking, everyone is eating great food and can relate to it. Do you find that that's a, a way to uh, invite people into a conversation about innovation that's less intimidating for them? Yes, it is. That's that's I, I never thought of it like that. It is. And innovation is as simple as interesting and as joyous and as satisfying as cooking. So if you think that cooking is simple or at least something that you can learn and you can do to fill your stomach, then you should be able to do innovation too. Is there a, an example about how you've been innovative with food? I have been innovative with food in, uh, in many ways. One is that uh, I always have these different, whenever I get a little bit tired of work or I need a distraction, I look at cooking videos. And which is what is the base of innovation that you have to keep on learning from other sources continuously, get inspiration from something that is not even relevant to the problem that you're solving. And suddenly you get that aha moment. Like and famous people cooking videos or? No, no, no. Everyone's cooking videos that are anyone, like, you know, people cooking in forests, people cooking in just normal common people cooking in villages, people cooking in different countries that I have never, I had never heard of few countries. I know about 
I got to know about those countries through their cuisine. And it's, it's that, uh, yeah. What was your question? Um, it's so carried away sometimes. The, the question is, how have you been innovative through food? Yeah. So that is one of the things. And uh, obviously getting my customers feedback all the time, not just through the things that he says, but also through the things that he doesn't say. Sometimes he, he just uh, doesn't finish the thing and then I and and yet says that it was delicious so I need to understand that although he said it was delicious it wasn't really so I it needs some improvement and then I take that feedback and apply it and improve and that is my test and learn well as you know um, test and learn is a common expression uh, not even expression it's a common practice in innovation um, you just gave one example of how it might work are there some other, you know, test and learn experiments? You know, have you tried something that's that hasn't worked or that has worked? And how how have those experiments worked? And how does it relate to an innovation experiment inside of a business? Yeah. So I will need to pick up an example. An example. Remember that that lamb dish I tried one time? Do you? <laughs> Got to be a little more specific than that. You stopped eating lamb after that for a long time. So that's that's the thing. It was, you know, it was my courage to fail, to test something that I had never made before. And I just tried way too many things at the same time. So I tried making this lamb dish. Not only that, I tried a different, completely different recipe completely different taste profile and completely different way of cooking. Like three, four things that I tried to test at the same time and it was a major failure. So with relating that to innovation is what I recommend in innovation and I would recommend in cooking is just change a few things at a time, few things to test your whatever new creation that you are creating and just test one thing at a time, one thing at a time and see how it impacts your uh, creation. And like we believe in innovation that we should uh, feel small and feel faster, do courageous things in cooking also, which I do. And I feel faster. And one time I failed big. And after that, he did not eat lamb for almost for a year or two. He was just so scared of lamb after that. He thought that I just can't cook lamb. And he would just not. Whenever I said, let's order lamb, he said, nah. So for, for those tuning in now, um, yes, we're talking about a passion for food and for cooking. And we're expressing what we've learned there. But we're also delivering a larger analogy which is that what you learn in cooking and trying and test and learning and, and pivoting and combining elements is a really good way to think about how you innovate. And it makes it simple and clear, and it makes it more accessible for people who don't know about innovation strategy to participate in a conversation if you relate it to that analogy. So that's one of the reasons we're using the, the analogy but we're also at the same time expressing our passion, which happens to be around food. And most importantly, uh, innovation is as simple and as accessible as cooking. Anyone can do it. 
Anyone can do it and everyone can do it. All you need is a little bit of courage and a little bit of maybe training and teeny bit of guidance. Yeah. So clearly you've had to make some modifications, whether it's making things low fat or with lower sodium or no ghee or making dishes that were relying on ingredients where we don't live in a particular place. How have you learned to make these modifications and what have you learned from that process? Hmm. Long question. Uh, so one is that because you have had a few health restrictions and they keep on changing. One time you were allergic to gluten, apple, soy, and a lot of other things. So I, at that time, I learned to make everything without gluten then, and all those other elements that he was allergic to. Another time we had started eating paleo. So I was into completely into paleo and I learned to make versions of everything, all cuisines in paleo. And then now because of innovation that we are learning about how diversity can bring more creativity into anything that you do and how uh, cultures grow on the fusion and uh, fusion and fringes of everything, I am more and more trying to create uh, fusions. I'm more and more trying to try marrying different uh, different uh, ingredients from different cultures. Can I share quickly and show an example of that? I'm going to share my screen quickly and show you one example of something that I made because I saw it while screening. One is this one, which is tandoori chicken wings. So tandoori is Indian cuisine. And I tried to make chicken wings, which is American cuisine, using tandoori spices, the simplest of one. Then one time I tried to make uh, make this. Uh, this is my wonton ramen soup or potsticker ramen soup, which is marrying Chinese and Japanese cuisine. Can you remind us what this has to do with innovation? It is uh, because in innovation, we believe that uh, in innovation, we believe, and we have seen this in experience, that more diversity you have in your way of thinking. So if you try to collaborate different concepts, ideas from different geographies, different races, different communities, different genders, You, your ability to create something out of the box or something that can give you an aha moment and be at the same time, obviously, be useful to whoever you are innovating for to solve that problem is really a powerful muscle of innovation. And... Uh, I'm showing this via example of cooking, how I try to merge certain things in the cooking so that uh, uh, like innovation. And this is my favorite one. This is borscht with dim sum. So borscht is Russian or uh, East European. And this is my creation of borscht with some awesome dim sum in it. And with that, let's go back to stop sharing. And... Uh, so one of the, you know, I think is a, maybe a hard question, but a, but an important question is, you know, part of innovation is understanding who your customers are and getting the insights you need to understand who the customers are. Mm 
And uh, of course, we serve a variety of people pre-COVID would come to our home um, to eat and you would profile those customers. You would understand their interests, their habits, their restrictions, and then serve something that was yummy and delicious to them that would resonate. So the... And very often, very often, not just uh, not even their spice level, their personal liking, their allergies and uh, and even, you know, the background of how they have grown up and what kind of people they are. Depending on that, everyone's cuisine's preferences yeah. or, or taste preferences change. So the, the question that I have is that we've also had people who are Indian American over as our guests, they, they are not, they were not born in India. They were born in the U S and they've been, and they're Indian Americans, but they're familiar with both cultures and they've been our guests. And occasionally you might've cooked Indian food for Indian Americans. So I'm wondering in that complex situation, if the people who are ancestrally from where you're from had different flavor profiles than than um, than Indians, if Indian Americans had different flavor profiles than Indians, yes, because that's a subtlety on how to cook for different kinds of audiences. Yes, yes, and I want to answer a lot of things to answer this question. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of diversity coming in in that one question. Yes, Indian when I cook for Indian Americans is different from what I would cook for uh, or how I would cook Indian food for Americans. And what I would cook for Indian Americans is also different from what I would cook for a guest that has just come over from India over here. At the same time, as you are aware that India is not like, you know, everyone in India doesn't have same food habits or same taste profile. There also, you know, people are culturally different. People are, it's, you know, if if India were, uh, a, India should have actually been a continent that is a country. It's like Europe. It's like a lot of cultures in one, under one umbrella. So even in that, depending on subcultures, what I would cook would be different based on who is coming, not just culturally, but, you know, their professional background, their personal background, everything, it changes. And yes, I do cook to people's preferences. And how does that relate to innovation for the people who just joined us? So in innovation, you know, if you're doing, whether you're doing business innovation or education innovation, anyone, you need to first decide who you are doing it for, who, you know, who is your, because the moment you are creating something other than art, if you are designing something, it's not for yourself. It's for someone else, which applies to cooking and applies to innovation. And if you are making it for someone else, it should satisfy that someone else. And for that, you need to understand that someone else, your, you know, in innovation, we call it your customer. In cooking, we would call it our guest. And we need to understand that person well enough to provide them something that will that will not only satisfy the needs that they have or they realize, but also the needs that they haven't realized and will surprise and delight them. You know, that word delight would delight them. We have a few comments. Thank you, Prophe. You're so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Send me your list soon. I'm going to try 
all those yeah. things. And this is a reminder that we love your comments. Um, it doesn't have to be a, a wonderful question or a bad question. Anything that comes to mind or a comment, please share it. We'd love to talk about it. So we have one more official question, skipping this one. And that is, what's your favorite meal to prepare? Hmm. Why did you skip that question? I saw that question on the screen. I wanted to answer it. We'll come back to it. Okay. So what is my favorite meal to prepare? Uh, now, this is like, you know, this is absolutely against everything that I said so far. I love making a good biryani. I absolutely love making a good biryani. And that, what is biryani for those who okay, don't know? Okay, biryani is this uh, uh, South Asian. I would say South Asian because it's not only Indians who eat. There are different versions of different kinds of biryanis all over South Asia. So is this South Asian yumminess with uh, any kind of meat, you know, maybe chicken or uh, uh, lamb or uh, even there are seafood versions, but basically chicken, rice, potatoes, and lots of beautiful spices, slow cooked in nicely covered earthen pot, you know, covered with, uh, uh, it, it's just sealed pot. And with cooked in chicken juices, it's just such a deliciousness. If you ever tasted it, you wouldn't want to eat anything in your life. You shouldn't want to eat anything in your life. And having said that, my customer here does not understand our craziness about biryani. How is it even possible? And in spite of everything that I said, that's one thing that I enjoy cooking a lot. And I love cooking a good biryani and eating a good biryani. Do you think that the students of innovation could gain from learning about cooking? Is it something that they should learn about? Uh, two things about that. One is that I truly believe that everyone should learn innovation and everyone should learn cooking. And there is to learn from. So obviously, I do believe that, you know, if you are really serious about innovation, if you want to use innovation in your daily practice, you should learn cooking. Not only that it it will give you a lot of transferable skills and tips and tricks about innovation, it will also give you uh, it will also you know introduce you to joy of creating something out of nothing. It will also introduce you to the joy of thinking completely different from what was. It will also give you a joy for thinking about future from based on the current experiences and not based on the past experiences and living in present. Hmm. Well, I'm so glad that we covered so much ground. Um, if you have any last questions, this is a great time to ask them. There's a few takeaways that we'd like to share with you. Um, one is the power of a really good analogy. Sometimes just having a good analogy makes something more doable, more approachable, less scary. So we wanted to give you this analogy of all the things that you do in innovation and you learn innovation um, really can apply to how you approach cooking great meals from do you follow recipes or do you follow your gut from do you create a minimal viable product of a small dish and then scale it many, many more times and improve it over and over again with a test and learn mentality to profiling your audience and cooking uh, dishes that relate to their palate, their culture, their, sen their sensibility. Um, 
you know, even understanding, you know, how, you know, essentially how you can create a, a value proposition uh, with the dishes that you prepare. What do you hope to accomplish through the serving of the meal? Is it ceremonial like a Thanksgiving or is it an everyday or having your boss over for dinner, whatever, and what have you. But almost any analogy, whether it's, you know, creating personas or developing tests, um, thinking from the perspective of the customer, uh, getting feedback, it all uh, uh, fits within a cooking analogy and innovation. So we hope that if there's one thing you took away is that you can always turn and rely on this concept of what happens in cooking, especially if you're foodies like us, uh, can really enrich and help you as an innovator. And if you're stuck with something, think about, well, what if this were something in the kitchen and what would I do with it? Uh, we really hope that you've enjoyed that. And also, finally, we want to invite you to One Global Chef on Instagram. One Global Chef on Instagram for literally hundreds of delicious fusion recipes that were created uh, by an innovator um, who's sitting next to me and eaten by an innovator who would be me. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I, I really, uh, we really do hope that you appreciate the conversation on many levels. One is around food and the other is around innovation and most importantly, where those two intersect. So thank you very much for your time. And, and let me, let me tell you our next session will not obviously we talk always every other Wednesday, mostly on second and fourth Wednesday of the month. It's second Wednesday today. Next time we'll be speaking on the fourth Wednesday, which is on Jan 27th and haven't really decided the topic yet. We will be deciding the topic soon and would love to see you there. And we have one comment. We have one comment from Prapti. Prapti, the moment I said biryani, I was thinking about you. I don't know why. Just feel like sitting next to you and having biryani at Lucky or Britannia. So um, thank you guys so much. And if you're watching the video and it's not live, uh, you're welcome to leave your comments also, or even some of the favorite dishes that you create and you innovate in your own kitchen. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And we will be back on Jan 27th. We absolutely shall, Prapti. Thank you so much. And I agree with your agreeing that food and cooking are great connectors for ideas and innovation. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.